Hey, well, welcome back to another episode of Aikman Bros Podcast. I'm James. I'm Andrew. It's kind of our Christmas edition, both of us in green. Well, if you go back and look at our other podcast, we're probably in green most of the time. Yeah. But we do have Christmas coming up in a few days. Uh, so speaking of Christmas, we have our Pathway of Lights. Uh, we just wrapped that up last Saturday. I think we had around 2,500 people come. Had Lots of repeat families from last year, which is why we, one of the one of the main reasons why we wanted to do that initially, anyways, was to make it kind of a yearly tradition. And this oh, uh, somebody forgot to mute their radio. <laughs> this year, especially, I feel like I've heard the most amount of people saying that, "Hey, yeah, we were out here last year. Since you've started it, like I've, I mean, it's been a majority of people that I've talked to throughout the." different Saturdays. So I feel like that's definitely doing what we wanted it to do for sure in terms of making it a tradition. I was at the museum this past Saturday. So this past Saturday was definitely our busiest Saturday we had. Uh, Usually the Saturday before Christmas is, I mean, the most amount of people come out. So I think within the first hour, I think we had over 600 people come through the door, finished like maybe what, just shy of 900 people for the night. Uh, So not bad for a two and a half hour time block. But I was in the museum, um, had quite a, quite a bit of traffic in the museum, so that was nice in terms of people wanting to kind of stay a little extended, longer stay, seeing the lights and also kind of exploring the museum. And one family in particular said that they've been here every single year um, since the park was actually opened. And then when we started doing Pathway of Lights, they actually have come every single year. And they have two small kids, and she made a comment about, yeah, so when we first started coming, she was in a baby carriage and now now she's not so so that was nice to hear for sure where where they were from Gordo. so we do really appreciate the continued support and like i said this year we kind of every year with pathway of lights we always like to at least add a few new things to it kind of continue to fill out the main loop that goes around the the red barn here at the park um so definitely Definitely grown it over the last few years. Well, we did have Santa Claus out this past Saturday too. So. Yeah, so that was like last year with uh, COVID being, you know, what it was last year. We weren't able to do anything like that, but this year we were able to find. We actually had Santa Claus, uh, Mrs. Claus, Mrs. Claus, and then an elf was actually with them too. So I think a lot of people. That was one, maybe one of the main reasons why we had so many people come out this right. last uh, last one. Um, other than the fact that it was the last pathway night for the, for the season, but I think they definitely, they had their hands full for most of the night. I think they were originally scheduled to kind of wrap up around seven thirty, and it was well after eight o'clock before they were able to get the last, um, kind of pictures taken and everything like that. So they yeah, definitely had a, had a busy night for sure. Busier than I thought. I think Emma said maybe sold over 200 cookies and 200 cups of hot chocolate yeah in the watering hole so we've kind of potentially for next year for 2022 we've been talking about so usually with pathway of lights we always end it the saturday before christmas is the last one we've kind of talked throughout the last few years of if we kind of extend that maybe potentially into january um even going after christmas um and new year's and so that might be something that might be a kind of a new thing that we test out 
get a few more Saturdays um, enjoyments with the lights before we kind of put them up. So might be something to kind of keep in mind for next year that might have a few more opportunities to come out. Um, I know we had a couple people message the the Facebook page saying uh, with kind of Christmas break, kids had just got out and they were wondering if this was going to be the last Saturday. And like I said, this year it was, but might be able to catch maybe a few more people um, works a little better with their schedule to, to do it at least the, the Saturday after kind of, kind of depends on where Christmas falls um, and New Year's falls, but we might be able to extend it a little longer, maybe moving forward than what we have in the past. So something to kind of keep in mind for next year. Yeah. Uh, so this is actually something we're going to be discussing at the meeting today is how do we want to handle Christmas? Uh, so we usually, all of us have families want to have Christmas. Well, usually most of us have multiple Christmases we have to go to. And so we kind of choose even you and I kind of on Christmas, actual Christmas morning, doing yep. some stuff. And then Daniel and the boys come in sometimes. But we try to make it to where as few people need to come in as possible. Kind of make sure all the animals get fed and watered and clean to a certain extent call it a day. I mean, what makes it what makes it nice is um and even even in the very beginning with holidays certain holidays coming up we knew ahead of time that we could kind of do diets ahead of time so we don't have to necessarily do that process that would be otherwise being done on a normal day so that kind of streamlines a few things making sure that um everything kind of gets done uh the days leading up to a holiday um especially christmas but it also is one of those things that sometimes with holidays um if it doesn't work out like we're able to with animals that get an am feed and a pm feed we're able to kind of combine it for that day to kind of streamline it a little bit if it doesn't work out for me or him to kind of come back in the early evening hours to kind of do a few more um kind of evening chores but but for the most part, that's one of the nice things of being able to be on site um, and kind of have family Christmases that are around the area, I guess, is worst case, um, you know, you leave for uh, an hour or so. If you are at a family function, kind of come come back to the park and do certain things and then you're able to kind of go back. So. Over the years, we've definitely been able to kind of streamline the process to where um, it doesn't affect the animals at all, and it kind of makes our life as easy as possible. So, kind of on the pathway of lights, we have we actually just met this past Saturday to discuss kind of what twenty two looks like, and if there's other events we could be adding, and so kind of talking through what some of those look like for the month, kind of looking at doing some things in the September, October, fall type of Halloween things talked about. I don't know if this happened after you left or probably hot dog eating contest. Yeah, that definitely happened in after July. Yeah. So I threw it out there, but everyone else liked the idea. You can even set it up next to the hyenas so the hyenas can participate and see how you can you can beat the hyena well because we've always wanted i mean um just kind of worked out that the pathway lights event was just kind of a no-brainer uh in terms of 
X amount of days for that sort of kind of holiday thing. And we kind of, that was an easy one to really kind of get going off the ground, but we always ideally in a perfect world, you know, we go from event to event to event throughout the entire year, just to kind of, uh, you know, take advantage of all the different sort of holidays that go on throughout the year and everything like that. And it's just in, you know, in years past, it's just literally come down to logistics and taking the time to actually figure out what that is, um, what's involved with getting it set up, take down. And then obviously if you're doing anything that is like coming after an event and then you're going right into another event, there's the lead time going up in terms of planning for that event. Um, why you are in the middle of another event going on. So again, it really has just come back to kind of logistics, why we kind of haven't, why we've been a little more pick, uh, picky and choosy over what events we do. So like Easter is one that, you know, we've always had our Easter egg hunts, um, the Saturday right before Easter Sunday. Um, so that was a kind of real easy one that we've always been able to kind of make sure we allow enough time to prep for, and um, in years past, we've done from a Halloween standpoint, you know, the Halloween weekend and then the weekend before we've kind of had different candy stations, nothing too, too crazy or anything like that. Because the reality is at that point, we we're actually putting up Christmas decorations for the Pathway Lights events. So there is some overlap that we kind of have to take into consideration. But um, yeah, I think, I mean, we talked about hopefully this year we have a, decent February from a weather standpoint, we got kind of some Valentine's day, uh, things for the month of February that hopefully might kind of get some people to come out during that, that month. And then, right. Well, and then just coming up first would be Jurassic January. Yeah. And so people can come out and the museum will be included in your admission yeah. for that month. Well, then we'll have, uh, so like last year we did a, a thing called March madness. So basically for the whole month of March, um, it's kind of donation only uh, for all the adventures um, to kind of get access to the park. Um, so that was really well received last year. So again, we've kind of over the years, we've been able to kind of incorporate certain sort of events or functions in certain months. And it was just now we kind of have the opportunity to kind of go back and really focus to try to fill in the gaps between the big events that we do already to try to see if we can't kind of make an event calendar that would hopefully be kind of out in the open in the gift shop to where people can kind of get a game plan on what the year here at the park is going to look like and kind of plan for that to hopefully get people to come back multiple times throughout the year to kind of enjoy the different events that we got going on. So hopefully 2022 will kind of be the start of that. And then we can kind of just build off of that right. for the, following years yes we always we've always talked about a calendar but i think we're getting to the point where we're planning enough stuff where we could actually have a calendar on the website that people will be able to check out to see what's always coming up and happening yeah so just kind of a little sneak peek at some of the potentially new events coming up starting next year yep so kind of our animal for this week is brutus Brutus is our, is he eight? I believe so, yeah. Our eight-year-old male elk. Uh, and I think they come from a place in Iowa. 
I believe that's where we were told it came from. So he's a male elk, but we're almost positive he has some red no, stag. Yeah, I think he's hundred percent. I think he's probably fifty fifty. So yeah. his his antlers have more spikes and kind of crowns to them. His if you compare him to our female elk, he is more red and even the on the elk around the tail, it's kind of white cream fur, but his is red around the fur. Yeah. But then his bugle, like first time I heard his bugle a few years ago, I kind of thought he was going through puberty, but then realized it's not that. And so it's not a typical. For those of you who don't know, bugle. elk, bugle, red stags, roar. And so he does something in between. When he first started doing, he sounded like the sick Triceratops off Jurassic Park, but he does sound more like a dinosaur now. Yeah, when he when he does it, and it, I mean he doesn't do it very often, but definitely during the kind of the rut time of fall is when we hear him the most, and you can hear it across the park for sure. In terms of, it took a while to get used to it when he first started doing it, get mature enough to where he would actually call. Um, now it's a little more common during that time to where if you hear a weird roar throughout the park, it's usually Brutus. And if you've seen him, he's got massive antlers. He grew those in about five months. And what's hard for people to get their head around is he loses those every spring and grows brand new ones back. And so he's been yeah. getting bigger and bigger each year. But when the antlers grow, they have a soft velvet on them. And so he usually sheds that off in August sometime. And that's yeah, usually when... beginning of August. So it's kind of between March and early April is usually when he sheds out of his antlers from the season before. And then from that point, usually all the way up into uh, first part of August is his growing season where he's in that velvet stage and then he sheds off of that velvet. And... So when he sheds the velvet, <clears throat> he becomes probably the most dangerous animal out in the drive through just with a yes. head full of massive spikes and he knows how to use them. So. Yeah. So I think like this year it's either eight or nine spikes on each, each antler. So, and he is an animal that he is aggressive. So during the velvet stage, he is no issue at all because he doesn't want to take the chance of damaging that delicate velvet that's on his head. So he's out in the drive through during that time. Um, no problem with that. But pretty much as soon as he sheds off that velvet, he kind of switches moods, becomes a way more aggressive when it comes to tours, um, adventures coming up to like the wagon and stuff. So he got to the point where it was just, we had too many close calls with him being a little too aggressive with uh, not only the animals that are out there, but also with myself and some of the other guys that work with the drive-through animals walking out in the drive-through. So we do have to move him out of the drive through once he does kind of shed out of that velvet. Um, so it, he is still in a paddocks that you can kind of see as you're, if you're doing the wagon adventure, you can kind of see him. If you're doing some of the walking trails um, on the walkthrough side, you usually get a pretty good look at him because he kind of, his fence line goes kind of follows right along some of those uh, walking trails that are kind of lead you out to the pond. So, he is very, definitely very impressive, but he is one that is very dangerous too in terms of he is very aggressive through the fence sometimes with us. So we could be walking along the fence and he will charge the fence um, when we go in to feed him or check his water during the wintertime. Uh, usually you have to have something with you. So um, kind of the nice thing about elk 
along the same lines as large rat type species of so the emu and the ostrich. If you have like a stick or something with you and you kind of wave it above your head, it kind of gives the illusion that you're a little bigger than what you are. So um, with Brutus, it, you got to take it a little step farther. You have to always be facing him. So if you have your shoulders turned away from him, he will more times than not try to take advantage of that and charge you. And like I said, with him and with how large his antlers are now, his reach is quite easy to hit you even though his head would be you know four feet away from you in terms of his actual mouth and stuff and his body would be four to five feet away from you with just how massive his antlers have gotten um would not take much for him to kind of get in range of you know causing harm so always something we gotta we gotta be mindful of and that's why it's a little you know you always have kind of a little bit of a wide berth when you're walking along his fence lines too because those antlers can go right through the fence openings um, if you're not paying attention. Uh, so if you're kind of talking to someone and you're hanging out around his fence area and you have your back turned to the fence, um, it's not a good combination. So it's some always... Of his, some of his bikes are 12 inches Oh, yeah. Yeah. Long. So, and he will... I mean, when he charges the fence, he charges the fence. So he will go... He will stick his antlers all the way through the fence as much as he can and shake it around and make a big display. So, uh, definitely, definitely an aggressive type of personality. And he knows that he, he knows that he has the weapons in terms of when he right. sheds out of that velvet. So he is not as, not afraid at all to, to utilize what he has on top of his head. So, but he is very, I mean, we get a, a lot of compliments and a lot of people just in awe about, how big he's gotten so the first set of antlers that he would have shed when we first got him um they are actually hanging up in the gift shop we have some of our wristbands that we sell on some of the different tines and if you just compare you wouldn't even think it was the same animal if you see those and then look go out and look to see what his right. current size is you would think it's totally two different animals but that's kind of the crazy thing about the the deer species is you know Every year they will get a little bigger, a little longer, a little more massive um, thickness to them in the bases and stuff like that. And the crazy thing is the growing season doesn't change at all. So it's literally just, they just grow that much quicker every season that they, that they were able to do that. So, yeah. And with Brutus, we've had elk here from the beginning, our Aquin Wildlife Adventure logo was elk yeah. kind of heavy and so we have i think we've touched a little bit on the podcast that we're starting to have additions to the park in regards to bed and breakfast and weddings and receptions and different things and so one of the things we've been working on is the rebranding aspect coming up with a new logo that kind of focus put more emphasis on aikman than just the wildlife side yeah. but then adding the wildlife side to it or we can add the overnight to it and so it also is elk kind of driven and yeah. so i think we're gonna give you guys a sneak peek on what that looks like here up on the screen yep so that's kind of the the new logo for the for the wildlife park kind of have this and then like he touched based on some of the other things that we're going to be able to offer it'll Kind of have that same Aikman type of logo, and then obviously the 
the subtext underneath there uh, will kind of be more focused towards what that actual component is that we're we're kind of advertising. So um, kind of we wanted to go a little more of a simple type of route, but we'll hopefully maybe even start it next year. We'll start seeing this logo on shirts and yeah. hats and that sort of thing and just kind of continue to grow from there. Yeah. So with that, definitely want to thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, wish you all a Merry Christmas and be sure to hit that subscribe button if you'd like. We would appreciate it. So Later. Cool story, bro.